Okay, we're dealing with the land. The land, the inheritance, the completion of the promise. Uh, the first five, five verses of chapter 14 is kind of what we covered a little bit last week. And that was with the two and a half tribes that were east of the Jordan and with Levi. But there's one uh, part I want you to look at, and it's the last part uh, of verse 5. Well, really, verse 5 in uh, chapter 14. And he says there, the people of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. They allotted the land. I kind of starred that in my chapter because that was where they were obedient, obedience. And this was what the Lord desired, that they be obedient. Um, looking at the chapters, uh, they were going to talk about their inheritance. And I don't know if you've ever received an inheritance, but if you do, and sometimes we dream of an inheritance, you know, somebody we don't know, but it would be good. But this is good. They have a place. They have a, a home. But it's an inheritance. And, you know, an inheritance is not by anything that we work for. It's by grace. It's by grace that we receive something. And it's the same way with the land. God, by his grace, has given them the land. Um, the, the land um, has already been conquered so far. Uh, the standing armies, the ruling powers, the mighty kings. Joseph, uh, Joshua has defeated. I'm running into that problem. Joshua has defeated. But we need to distinguish about the work of Joshua and the work of the people the conquering of both areas. Joshua was to, took care of the major powers. He took care of those powers that the major cities, the strongholds, those that had standing armies, those, that's what Joshua took care of. But the people of Israel, as they took the land, were to little by little take possession of the land. There will be still inhabitants. There's inhabitants in the countryside. There's inhabitants of the towns, you know, just scattered about. They weren't standing armies. They weren't fortified, but they were living there. And God had devoted them to destruction just as the cities he had because he did not want that land was theirs. That land was Israel's. He had said in Exodus, I will not drive them out from you in one year or quickly, but lest the land become desolate and the beasts multiply and, you know, things become overgrown. But little by little, I will drive them out from before you and until you, until you increase and possess the land. As they increased, they were to possess the land. They were to be more powerful, but as they increased, they were to walk in obedience and possess the land. The distribution that we're going to be dealing with, it was kind of what had been done before, but was going to be by the size of the tribe and by lot. And that's kind of, we don't understand all of that, but the scripture tells us that 
that, that God is in charge of the lot. And uh, the first of those choosings was the allotment of uh, Judah and the sons of Joseph, which was Ephraim and Manasseh. The allotment for Judah is in 14 and 15. In chapters 16 and 17 is the sons of Joseph. And in 18 and 19, then we have the rest of the tribes. One of the things I want to do point out at this point is that... Um, Gilgal had been the place where Judah and the sons of Joseph had, uh, had the, it was set up. But at Shiloh is where the rest of the tribes, it will be uh, the allotment taking place. Uh, and there is one other thing that Simeon was one of the brothers that with Levi that was not uh, to receive an inheritance. You have Simeon on the map that you've got, and that map is a little large to what their allotment. Their allotment was within Judah. Judah had space that they could not occupy right away, and they gave it to uh, Simeon. But they were surrounded by Judah, so they didn't have a separate portion like the others that with, had boundaries. Their, all their boundaries was within Judah. Starting in chapter 14, I want us to look back at Caleb. Uh, it's interesting, uh, as we look and see that all these chapters we had to read, in between, there's places and things that can strengthen us, cause us to think about our walk, and Caleb is one of them. And as uh, we look at Caleb, you see in verse 7 there in 14, he remembers the history. He repeats it. He says to Joshua, remember, I was there. He's a man of devotion. He brought back word with his heart, he says. He was ready to go in. He was one of the two spies, he, Caleb and Joshua, that were wanting to go into the promised land. We see in him courage and a willingness to stand and you know, that's not always easy for us, to have the courage and willingness to stand. I don't know if you remember, but back in Numbers, when he had the courage to stand, his brothers wanted to stone him. So with us, it may be isolation, something else, but they wanted to stone him. And if it hadn't been for God's intervention, he would, you know, but God intervened there. Uh, he had faith in God's promises. As I studied this week, I, I kind of meditated on that. How much do I hold to God's promises? Um, and it, five times he uh, repeats it. And the object of his faith was what God's word was and what he had promised. Sometimes in trouble and everything, that's all we have to hold on to. And then other times, we don't think about it. We need to hold on to his promises. This was another thing. Caleb also remembers what God has done, and he's grateful. Grateful for what he's done. Um, he was reflective on it. We're so busy sometimes looking forward a couple of weeks ago, there was a song that was sung by um, someone here, and it was a Michael Card song. 
There was a time when Kurt and I were struggling with something, and uh, several of his songs, uh, we, it, it ministered to us. And when I heard that, we both sat there, and we had a heart of gratitude to our God because we remembered where we had been, where we were today, but remember that to be grateful to him. That song back, brought back so many memories. But when I, I was studying Caleb and saw that he was grateful, that was one of the key things I thought we needed to see, to always be grateful for what God's done for us. He had a strong faith. I, if I, Caleb was to be here, I would imagine he'd be an energized individual. Uh, his faith was strong, but it did energize him to move on and want to take the task. Uh, some, and that's what studying his word, uh, resting on his promises does for us. It energizes us to be more of what he'd have us be. His God was what he had done in the past and was ready to continue, wasn't going to stop. In chapter 15, also, we see Caleb uh, does what the Lord wants. He drives the sons of Achan out. He, I think he probably had thought about that the whole time they had been in the wilderness, that that's what he wanted, and it says he wanted to do. Uh, but uh, he does exactly what... Uh, He's wanted to do, and he destroys the sons of Achan. He destroys the cities. That's done. There's another part to him, though. He has a, a city that he needs to be um, destroyed, and it was Deborah, and, um, uh, and he calls on someone to step forward, and he will give him his daughter. Well, we know that the marriages were probably arranged more and everything, but and it's interesting, he calls for someone, if you will take that city, I'll give you my daughter. As I think about that, he's encouraging and wanting to see some leadership that's going to maybe come for the next generation. It's also a great test to have a good husband for your daughter, to take that city. Um, he has led by example. And um, he has someone to follow him, Othniel. Othniel will be mentioned in Judges. He's one of the judges. Uh, we have a, a couple of situations. Um, dealing with his daughter. You could tell it was Caleb's daughter. <laughs> um, she was uh, given in marriage to Othniel. She talked to her husband that they needed water, and they'd said in the commentaries that the land that they were given was dry. But uh, she, she knew that they needed more and asked for uh, more. But I don't know what the conversation was between Othniel and her, but uh, she asked her father for more land, and he granted it to her. We also saw... Uh, with the women of Manasseh that had gone before and had, uh, it was promised to them that they would have a, an allotment in the land. Both of, there was five daughters. 
And because there was no signs, they had asked of Joshua and the Lord, Moses and Joshua of the Lord, that uh, they have land. It was Moses. And that they were granted that. But they come too forward and, and want to be granted uh, the land. And they are. They're given the land. They work out a situation where those, where those women keep that land because the land is not to be transferred. Both of those situations, the women had the boldness to lay hold of the promises of God in that sometimes we don't have the boldness to stand. Sometimes we don't have boldness to ask. But we have instances here that uh, give us an example that maybe we should, should do more of it to have the boldness to ask. In chapter 17, I asked you all to do a comparison of uh, the sons of the people of Joseph, as they would say, the people of Joseph and Caleb. What a contrast. As you hear the grumblings of the people of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, you see dissatisfaction with God. They're not happy. They're dissatisfied with God. Sometimes we're dissatisfied with God and grumble. The interchange between Joshua and the tribes is interesting. They complain. He gives them a solution. They complain some more. They're just really not satisfied with what they need to do. But he comes back to them and says, you have that land. You are a mighty people and you need to uh, subdue the land. Uh, being discontent with God. Mm. There's some warnings in um, the scriptures that um, I, I don't know if you circled them or underlined them when you read through it. One of them is in chapter 15. As the Jebusites, the residents of Jerusalem, sons of Judah, were not able to depose, so the Jebusites to continue to live with the sons of Judah in Jerusalem to this day. Is there a disobedience here? Is this resting? Is this setting on your laurels? Just taking the first thing that God has given? on down in chapter 16. But they did not dispossess the Canaanites who lived in Gezer. So the Canaanites lived among Ephraim to this day, and they were put to forced labor. How does that picture us for maybe sin in our life? We know we have it. We don't deal with it. We just let it be there for comfort. But the sons of Manasseh were not able to possess these cities. The Canaanites were determined, determined to live in the land. Yet when the sons of Israel became strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor and did not thoroughly dispossess them. And that's in 17, 12, and 13. Again, an instance of disobedience 
I'm not doing what the Lord desires. To clear out the land. To get rid of the evil among them. To get rid of the Baal worshippers that will pull them down. That will cause them to look away from their God. The sin that will cause them to look away from God and what he desires for them. In chapter uh, 14, verse five, 5, they allotted the land. That was a step in obedience. And now we're seeing evidence of not. Our walk with him is to trusting him, to see him, the, uh, see the enemy, and know we are always ready to meet that enemy. Everyone wants security, safety, hope. We have that in our Lord. That's what they had in the promised land. They were going to have security. They, were going, they had a promise fulfilled, and they had hope. With not dealing with it, it's eating away at that promised land that they have been given. Um, I was given um, an inheritance. Uh, I was given a coat that was my mother's. And uh, I wear it at times. I love it because it was made by my grandmother for her. So I feel the love of my grandmother, and I feel the love of my mother, that hope and security and warmth. I love it when I wear it. I feel them. But so much more I have with my God. I have hope, a place, a security, all that he provides. But what he asks of me is obedience. Obedience to weed out my land. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. It is so rich. Lord, may it minister to people today. May we walk a straighter path and love you more. In Jesus' name.